this week, a bonus episode in honor of Father's Day. It's one thing to hear stories from a 15-year-old girl about her time in the Middle East, living far away from home, immersing herself in Arabic lessons. That sounds like a pretty typical 2233 premise. But this time around, we also get to hear from the girl's father. Because, you know, it's one thing to go off on an adventure, but it's something else entirely to be left behind as your child goes halfway across the world. You're listening to 2233, a podcast of exchange stories. I had a very different experience from my uh, white American counterparts. Actually, my partner, I think, um, w- w- had a marriage proposal in exchange for camels. But uh, I didn't really experience any <laughs> harassment of that sort, so I was lucky in that sense. This week, life in a new family, minus English, the best shawarma in the Middle East, and the first steps towards independence. Join us on a journey from Huntsville, Alabama to Amman, Jordan, which is a long way for a father to send his 15-year-old daughter. It's 2233. We report what happens in the United States, warts and all. These exchanges shaped who I am. When you get to know these people, they're not quite like you. You read about them. They are people very much like ourselves. And oh, that's what we call cultural exchange. Ooh, yes. Salamu alaikum. My name is Minu Bushanan. I'm a current freshman student at Washington University in St. Louis and a National Security Language Initiative for Youth 2016 alumna for the Arabic Summer Program. I studied abroad in Jordan three years ago, and my dad and little sister took that opportunity for a one-week trip to see a slice of the country I would be living in for six weeks. Marhaban, y'all. My name is Shri Bushanan, and I live in Madison, Alabama. I am a software engineer, but more importantly, I am the proud father of Minu and Aparna. Minu and I are here to talk about Minu's Nisli Y Arabic summer program in Amman, Jordan. So I was 15 when I went on the program and it was my first time traveling alone. You know, at first, the first few weeks when school hadn't really kicked off yet, the, I remember being very, very homesick. I, I missed my family a lot, and they also wanted to talk to me a lot because my, my mom was really worried about me, you know, being gone for six weeks without her. Um, and so I remember I was giving a presentation in Arabic to our Nisli peers, and then I see that she had she started calling me on Skype during the presentation. So little things like that, but I... Uh, found that um, to co- combat homesickness, I I needed to speak to my parents less, and I also needed to kind of throw myself in my studies. And as my bonds um, strengthened with my Nisli peers, and then later on with my host family, I at the end of the program, I definitely felt I didn't want to leave Jordan. So it was a, it was an interesting transformation over the six weeks. The backstory here is that when I was in high school in India, 
I was slated to go on a school trip to Nepal. And for some reason, that trip got cancelled by the organizers at the last minute. I was sorely disappointed. So when you came to us about filling your Nestle Y application, your mom and I were cautiously supportive. We were a bit nervous about it, but didn't want to stand in the way of your accomplishment. Your mom and I had some discussions, and the gist of it was that if we'd said no, we might regret it for the rest of our lives. And we figured, since it was under the aegis of the State Department, you'd be okay. Quick geography lesson. Jordan is surrounded by Saudi Arabia, Iraq, Syria, Lebanon, Israel, and Egypt, countries that have seen their share of tumult. But we felt that this experience would ground you not only as an American, but as a citizen of the world. The toughest part was not hearing from you for days on end. I remember mom once called you while you were in the middle of a presentation. And I guess the best part was when you did call. And although your calls were brief, they were a lifesaver for us. When you returned and we asked you why you didn't call us, you said that in the beginning you missed us so much that you didn't want us to hear you in that state. So I was very nervous. And actually, I, I remember the first night uh, I got there, we actually found out about our host family assignments the day of. So that that was pretty interesting. I wasn't really sure, you know, uh, if my gifts would work out, if there were kids. So it was pretty, I was trying to buy generic things. But um, so I had a little sister and two little brothers and a host mom. So we were all living together while, and my host dad was in Dubai. So I didn't really interact with him. And I also had a uh, Nisli roommate with me at the time. On the first night, I remember that they had given us some uh, berry juice and I spilled it on the carpet and I thought to myself, oh my gosh, this is the first night you completely messed this up. I, it was amazing, you know, over the course of three weeks, I grew really close, especially with my host siblings, you know, I'd be studying and they'd come and uh, we'd take, you know, play breaks. But an image in my mind is every, ta- every day when we'd uh, be dropped off by the bus um, from school, I would see them in the apartment window watching us get uh, down and waiting for us to come play after uh, a long day at school. So that was definitely a fond uh, memory of mine. I felt that people just hadn't met an Indian American before. And so I think it was interesting maybe being their first face. And I, I kind of was that for my host family. That was their first time hosting. And so it was interesting also talking to them about it um, because I, years after I went, they continued hosting Nisley Kids. And I think all of them have, they, they've all come from diverse American backgrounds, Indian American, um, I think Pakistani and Mexican American, so different background. But it was interesting being people's first impression. Yes, I was being an ambassador for the U.S., but I was also being an, an ambassador for Alabama. <laughs> and typical kind of, you know, stereotypes down south that um, different people from different states, um, they maybe they've never met a person from Alabama before. So it was like an international level of diplomacy and also a national level of diplomacy. 
As I reflect on that time, I can only say positive things about it. We had traveled together often as a family to various parts of the world, but this would be the first time you'd be traveling alone. You were only 15, so there was a definite trepidation about your safety in a foreign land. But on the flip side, after you returned, you had gained confidence, a holistic worldview, which helped your journey into college and life in general. There wasn't any English there, and so I, I really, I did actually appreciate that because I learned a lot of words from my my host sister Rand. She was very assertive, and so it was good to learn some new Arabic words from her. After you returned, one of your, one of your favorite words was khalas, which means enough or stop in Arabic. So every time we'd nag you to clean the room or come to dinner, your response was khalas amma or khalas daddy. That made us laugh and we still tease you about it. There was this falafel shop right across the street from Qasid we started going to after Ramadan. And so I would go there pretty much every day and I had my order down pat and I wanted to tell them how much I loved their falafel sandwiches. And so on the last day, I told them that you have the best falafels in all of Amman. And at first he didn't understand me, but I repeated myself and then he smiled and said, shukran and bismillah to your health. And so that was a really awesome moment. It was interesting being Indian American in Jordan in terms of uh, most people looked at me and they didn't see an American. So a lot of the times, it was actually an, a great conversation starter. So so people would ask me if I'm Indian uh, or anti min al Hind. Are you from India? And so it was an opportunity for me to use some new vocab from class about ethnicity and um, explaining that where my parents are from and that I'm from Alabama, actually in America. So a lot of people didn't know about Alabama. I think one person, uh, I remember spoke, speaking to one shopkeeper and he thought, I think he thought I was from California uh, because he was saying, oh, that's where the big movies are. <laughs> no, not so much in Alabama, but um, I explained it as we're near Florida and most people had uh, heard of Disney World. So that was what I used as a frame of reference. Where I'm from, I'm near Huntsville, Alabama, and so it has a big NASA and defense community. And so I brought um, various gifts um, to share with my host family. So for the kids, I brought Pocky sticks and then for, and some Indian sweets. And for my host mom, I brought um, an Indian scarf. And then for my host dad, I brought a, a NASA mug to share that part of uh, Alabama. I 
I feel like in my familial interactions before Nisli, it was kind of, you know, my parents doing the talking and I kind of watched my dad, you know, make connections with people abroad. And I always thought that was a very useful skill to, you know, to have those people skills and connect with people. But I found myself putting myself out there and trying to, you know, just talk with everybody. I, I feel like those uh, interactions, I was definitely, I felt like I, I wish my parents were there to see it. You've kept in touch and even met some of your Nisli Y cohorts. You've kept in touch with your host family. You've been very active in high school and the Huntsville community. I've always said that life is about making relationships and maintaining the good ones and learning from the bad ones. These things are incalculable, but they count. You are also more in tune with foreign affairs and current events and you have continued to sharpen your Arabic skills in college. A few people have asked me why you chose Arabic, and I almost say, why not? It's one of the toughest languages to read, speak, or write. So you are sharpening your skills at a young age, and I'm proud of the quote you used in one of your essays. If you talk to a man in a language he understands, that goes to his head. If you talk to him in his language, that goes to his heart, end quote. I think it's uh, by Nelson Mandela. So you make us proud each and every day as you navigate through life. And I think your Nisli Y experience was a catalyst for your growth into young adulthood. I was more sure, I felt more faith in my ability to form connections with human people through various things. And so even though at times it was uh, it was kind of tough being the sole representative of Indian Americans, I was still able to form meaningful connections. And I tried to, I guess, dig something special or leave people with impressions. Um, so I think that was definitely the most profound. And as a as a teenager, you know, finding the power of my voice, I definitely felt that that was a big thing that happened to me over that summer. As a student, that was really the first time, that was the most rigor I had on focused on one subject and I feel like it's a lot of senses at once and the um, classroom instruction in tandem with the um, everyday events was was a lot you know for for a high school student and so coming back that really did change my work ethic and it made me really excited for college especially seeing my Nisli peers you know going on to college that year. I would say that as a family, thanks to your Nisli Y experience, we didn't have the same anxiety when you went off to college at Washington University in St. Louis. Your flexibility and adaptability to new situations and generally making smart decisions, these skills had been honed 
during your time in Jordan. And I know you roll your eyes when I say this, but I'm at an age where I reflect back on my salad days and someday you will look back at the Nisli Y experience as one of the most formative ones. I'm certain of it. Our landmark excursions going to Wadi Rum and um, Petra were really amazing. So it was great to see those. I remember going to Wadi Rum because it was the Martian was actually sh- shot there. So it looks like this extraterrestrial landscape. But what, what really struck me is the lack of light pollution. So at night, we were also staying with a, a Bedouin tribe. And so the way they cook um, their food is under the earth. And so they have these meats and different vegetables grilling and so i remember one of the tribesmen pulling it out of the ground and it was a really cool moment but i'll never forget the the multitude of stars it was so it felt kind of thick and like a, a blanket covering us and when i saw that one picture of you sitting on a rock in the middle of the red sands of wadi ram looking out into the golden hues of the setting sun I just felt a sense of great satisfaction. Excitement. There was a lot of excitement. I felt kind of it, it, I guess free a little bit in the in the sense that there was nothing for miles and it felt like and I stayed up late looking at the stars that type of, you know, sense of no commitments, I guess. It it was a very interesting feeling. near the the very end the last few days because i was talking um with my class about how i didn't want to go and i couldn't believe that there were just a few days left and then my um my roommate from the apartment stay she said i remember how homesick you were it's crazy to see that you've changed that much and i was like oh yeah i guess i did i hadn't noticed it until she had pointed it out from author Anna Quindlin, and I'm paraphrasing here, we are good parents not so our children will be loving enough to stay with us, but so they will be strong enough to leave us, end quote. And I think the Nisli Y program exemplifies this. is produced by The Collaboratory, an initiative within the U.S. State Department's Bureau of Educational and Cultural Affairs, better known as ECA. My name's Christopher Wurst. I'm the director of The Collaboratory. 2233 is named for Title 22, Chapter 33 of the U.S. Code, the statute that created ECA. And our stories come from participants of U.S. government-funded international exchange programs. This week, Minu Bushanin described her time in Jordan learning Arabic as part of the National Security Language Initiative for Youth, or Nisli Y program. And her father, Shri, described his time here while she was there. For more about Nisli Y and other ECA exchange programs, check out eca.state.gov. We also encourage you to subscribe to 2233. You can do so wherever you find your podcasts. And hey, we'd appreciate a nice review while you're there. 
And we'd love to hear from you. You can write to us at ecacollaboratory at state.gov. That's E-C-A-C-O-L-L-A-B-O-R-A-T-O-R-Y at state.gov. Did you know that you can find a photo of each week's interviewee and a complete episode transcript on our webpage each week at eca.state.gov slash 2233. Special thanks to Minu for her stories and her dad, Shri, for agreeing to offer his perspective on the exchange as well. I interviewed Minu, Minu interviewed her dad, and I edited this segment. Featured music was Tiny Putty, Lebranque, Rabbit Hole, and Dirty Wallpaper, all by Blue Dot Sessions and Outmoded Walls by Poddington Bear. Music at the top of each episode is Sebastian by How the Night Came, and the end credit music is Two Pianos by Tagirlius. Until next time.